Report. This is Jonathan Stein, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Hope you're enjoying your weekend. There's a lot been going on this week. If you're not following us on a daily basis, if you will, or you want to check in from time to time, you can go to our social media pages that we update every day. You can go to our Facebook page. Also, we have a Twitter account. We've also got an Instagram account. Uh, someone approached me about doing a Snapchat account. I don't know about that just yet. So, uh, but those other outlets, you can find us on a daily basis. And then, of course, our website, txvalues.org, is updated quite frequently with fresh content, new information. You know, a lot of times we're reporting things that are happening, uh, you know, almost like a news source, if you will. We write articles, blog posts, but most of those things you're not going to find anywhere else. And so, I mean, with the way that the media has changed and evolved these days, you see all kinds of information, all kinds of stories. But a lot of the work that we do, the media either ignores or they put their own spin to it or they're just not paying attention. And so that's a part of the role that we play is bringing you information that you're likely not to get anywhere else. Part of that reason is because of the level of professionalism that we have. We've got lawyers on our staff. We've got policy people that have master's degrees, have a lot of experience and education. And so there are a lot of things that they follow, that they understand, that they write about, that they're able to share with people to let them know what's going on, to give them insight about the legislative process, the court process, uh, issues that are coming up in our culture and people are debating and talking about how do you respond to certain issues? How do you talk about your faith? How do you talk about issues of marriage and sexuality and religious liberty? So a lot of good content that you'll find on our website. If you haven't been there before, txvalues.org, or you go to some of our social media sites, you can check into some of those things. Uh, Just a couple of kind of programming notes, things that we're going to be involved in. On Monday, the governor's prayer breakfast is going to be at the Double Tree, and it's bright and early. I don't even know if it's going to be bright, okay, but it starts at 6.30, and I will be there. I'm one of the speakers, uh, Governor, did I say Perry? (laughs) Governor Abbott, I don't know if I said Governor Perry or not. Governor Abbott's prayer breakfast, maybe I said Governor's prayer, and I thought I said Perry. Anyway, our governor is Greg Abbott. He is going to be there at the prayer breakfast leading the event, the keynote speaker, if you will. So I'm excited about that. That's every year, and it coincides with the National Day of Prayer, which I believe is later in the week, like on May 3rd. It's actually my son's birthday this year, um, or it falls on my son's birthday this year. So, uh, But, you know, look, a lot of good information that you'll want to find on our social media sites, but a lot of really neat people are going to be at the prayer breakfast on Monday, April 30th. So take a look at that. See if you might want to come. I think they still got tickets available. You can check out uh, National Day of Prayer in Austin. Do a search for that, and their website should come up. But I'm going to be out there. I think um, just about, if not all of our team for Texas Values is going to be there. So you get a chance to meet us if you haven't met us in person before and you'd like to do that. We'd love to say hello and just tell you about some of the work we're doing, get to know you a little bit better, and so on. But so – Look, a lot's happened this week. I want to catch people up on some of those things. You know, we had the attorney general on the radio show last week to update us on some legal matters that his office has been leading on. There's a court case coming out of, uh, I believe, Arizona, where you've got two creative artists who are literally facing jail time 
because of their religious beliefs on the issue of marriage. You've probably heard us talk about this before, but usually it's a fine and, you know, someone gets put out of business. That's nothing minor. That's a pretty big deal. But I'm not sure that we've had a case yet where someone has been threatened with jail time other than Kim Davis, the county clerk a few years ago, who actually went to jail for five days because of her religious beliefs on marriage. And so this case, Alliance Defending Freedom is working on, but um, these two different artists, these young ladies, they're facing up to six months in jail time because of a new ordinance that was passed in Phoenix that criminalizes them and, you know, that, that um, uses the government and criminal laws to punish them if they do things or they don't do things that uh, they do things that go against their values. And so they're creative artists. They design things, images, they do calligraphy, all kinds of stuff. They don't want to use their art for a same sex wedding. Their beliefs are marriage between a marriage and a man and a woman. And so, but the government has this new law in Phoenix that says they have to. And if they don't, they're going to use this city ordinance to punish them and try to control their expression with the government. And if they don't um, go along with what the government tells them to do and express this message, which would be showing support for same-sex marriage, they're going to go to jail. <laughs> so, you know, and it's just interesting, too, because, you know, while this is concerning to me, I'm not all that surprised because I know what the, the folks on the other side have been doing. I mean, th- this is what they want. They want it to be illegal in every way for people to have a view that marriage is between a man and a woman. And the way that they're able to make sure no one is going around saying that or believing that is to try to put people out of business, use the fear of the law, using government power. I mean, this is, you know, government out of control, you know? And so it's so interesting too, right? You think about a lot of the movement, the LGBT movement politically, you know, a lot of their talking was stay out of our bedrooms, stay out of our lives then why are you getting in the middle of these people's lives? And they used to tell, you know, keep the government out of our private lives. Well, then why are they using the government to try to punish these private business owners? And so it just doesn't add up. It's not consistent. You know, they, they only want, you know, these type of things to happen, and they want the government out of their business when it's something that they want to do. But when they want to punish people that don't agree with their view, they want to use the government. And so, you know, look, I mean, the way that freedom works is if two people that are gay want to get married and they want that freedom to do that, and they want the freedom to believe that marriage is between two people of the same sex, they cannot then turn around and try to attack the freedom of people that believe marriage is between one man and one woman. You know, love is love. They're, you know, the uh, Christian view of love is that love is between a man and a woman in marriage. So, they, they now, you know, the, the LGBT advocacy groups, they don't think love is love. They think love is only love if it's same sex or it's only if you agree with um, their view, version of love. And so if you don't agree with their love, then you should go to jail. And so and that's just not how we do things in America. And so um, but look, I'm not all that surprised because I've seen these things coming in, in efforts in other places. But, you know, people with, oh, it's not like someone's going to go to jail you know, let people do whatever they want in their own bedrooms. Well, when you start dictating to private businesses what they can and can't do, and you threaten them with jail time, we've moved way beyond someone's private bedroom. So I think it's important for people to understand what's happening here. And it's going to continue to happen. You know, I mean, these laws continue to get passed in different parts of the country. We continue to show up and fight them. And we've won some of these battles, like in Houston and other places, and continue to tell lawmakers, 
particularly at the local level. They're not doing it. This is at the state legislature in Texas, but at these local government levels, like Bear County recently in the San Antonio area, if you pass these laws, whether you intend them to be used this way or not, this is how they can be used. Oh, that's not true. They're not going to be used that way. That's not our intention. Doesn't matter. That is what the laws do. That's what they say. That's and that is what the LGBT advocates, many of them, that's what they want those laws for. They want to have the ability to put someone in jail to drive home their message that you should not be able to believe in or or you, I guess you got to go in the closet now, right? It's the reverse. Their argument was before, well, you're forcing people to stay in the closet by not changing laws because they're, they're same sex and they're going to fill out a place. Now they're essentially trying to force business owners and Christians into the closet, you know, that we can't publicly say, or, you know, if you get smoked out and people find out what you believe, we're going to put you in jail. And so really interesting to see how quickly things have turned or how quickly people are trying to turn them. But it's important for people to understand where this is coming from. Okay. This is coming from people that are trying to change the law and create new laws that put the issues of sexual orientation and gender identity into current discrimination laws at the same level of race and at the same level of national origin. So that when something happens and they find out that there's some creative artist or a cake baker, whoever, that still believes marriage between a man and a woman, they're going to now use these laws. We call them SOGI, sexual orientation, gender identity. They're going to use these laws as a weapon against people of faith. We've been saying it for probably 10 years, and we're seeing more and more cases of it now. But look, it's not too late to do something about these issues. But people have got to stop thinking that it's Christians and so on that are pushing these issues. It is the LGBT advocacy groups that keep pushing and pushing for new laws that put new doctrines in place that do not match up with state or federal law. We do not have sexual orientation, gender identity protections for discriminations in these types of issues at the federal or state level. So they're going to all these cities and doing this, and they're creating a lot of problems, and they're now using it as weapons to punish people of faith. And so we're going to see more of these court cases if local um, elected officials don't wake up and stop passing these. And And it's really past time for them to stop acting like, oh, well, we didn't realize that was going to happen nonsense. We have been telling lawmakers at the local, state, and federal level for years, and I can almost guarantee you every time they pass one of these laws, whether it's an email, someone showing up in person, those policymakers, those government officials have been informed. They have been fair warned that this can happen. It could, and it likely will. And so, and look, as a voter, you need to be asking who you're voting for. Okay, I mean, there are a lot of local elections right now in Texas, and I'll I'll segue completely into the elections in just a minute. But I know Cedar Park has some very important elections right now. A lot of municipalities have some very important city elections. This is where these things are getting passed at the city level. Do not for a second allow yourself to think, oh, well, they just work on roads and so on. Well, they probably should, you know, public safety, whatever. They've gone way beyond that. You know, they seem to have way too much time on their hands or. Somebody has an agenda in place and is pushing on them to do this when it's really not been necessary and the proper vetting has not occurred. So be engaged. Look, early voting is going on right now for a lot of local elections here in Texas. The main election day is next week. And then in a couple of weeks, we're going to have 
our state elections and federal elections. You know, you got to be engaged. And, you know, and I find it interesting. A lot of times people, you know, they'll try to say, like, when we were working on this privacy issue. So you, so these type of laws, the sexual orientation, gender identity, discrimination laws and changes, that's what allows people to say, I'm a man, but I feel like a woman, so I want to go in the woman's bathrooms. That's where these issues stem. That's how they're connected. Right. And so what we heard at the state legislature from some people, not all, but some, oh, well, this is a waste of time. We should work on something more important. Really? Tell that to the people in Phoenix that are dealing that they're the ones that passed this LGBT law. Tell that to the people in Bear County, in San Antonio, in Houston, in Dallas, in Dripping Springs, in Capella Independent School District, Mansfield ISD in the Dallas-Fort Worth area is now dealing with this issue because a teacher wants to talk, a gay teacher, lesbian, wants to talk about sex in inappropriate ways in art class. That's how she wants to use her time and, and wants no one to be able to, to say that they have a concern. And so, look, these issues keep coming up and they keep getting pushed. Okay, because there are people in the LGBT advocacy movement that want the laws to change. They're going to change one way or another. And so I call nonsense on all that stuff during the legislative session with people saying, you know, we should be focusing on more things important. We're not driving the issue. I mean, I think it's important for people to understand this is a response. The Texas Privacy Act, the legislature was a response to all these local governments in Houston, whether it's by their own initiative or that they're being forced to or pushed to by LGBT advocates, all of their activity to uh, pass new ordinances that are not good for the people overall, that really put religious liberty in jeopardy and obviously put people in a position that are private business owners of possibly going to jail, like the one in Phoenix. And so, you know, you can cry, you know, people can cry all they want. Oh, we should work on other issues. People are working on this issue, whether you like it or not. Okay. Whether you want to believe it or not. And, and sometimes when I hear that, I really think that's because that person actually supports what's happening or they don't care themselves. They should, whether or not they do, but you know what? I care. And a lot of other people do, and we're not going to sit back and just allow people to change these laws and think that they're not going to impact other people's lives. That's the other myth. Well, this doesn't have anything to do with your life. You know, this is about someone that's gay. Not true. Okay. These laws are specifically designed in situations like this. So someone who, who is different, who doesn't, who's not gay, but believes that marriage between a man and a woman, that they can be found out and punished. Okay. And so we'll see what, you know, where this, these, this issue goes in Phoenix. But look, as we start to turn the, you know, get to, towards the middle of this year and we start to look at the legislative session that's happening in 2019, these issues have just gotten more complex and the other side has just gotten more aggressive. And so, you know, look, I mean, there's a, a bill that's being considered in California that's related to this that is negatively affecting churches, right? I mean, so let me repeat myself once again. This isn't about you know, the government staying out of someone's bedroom. This is those same people asking the government to get into your church. They didn't want you in their bedroom, but they now want the government in your church. I mean, that is just the reality of what's happening. And so we do not see freedom being respected at all in these situations. Um, speaking of Mansfield, 
huge hearing this week in Mansfield ISD. And you got to go to our Facebook page and our website, txvalues.org, to kind of to see the article that we put together where we've got some more detail on this issue. But look, I mean, we, we had, um, you know, members of our team there in Mansfield, which is just a little bit south of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I think it's a little bit closer to Dallas. But look, w- what's happened there essentially is you have a public school teacher who was talking about issues of sexual nature in art class. Okay. As I understand it, the teacher's a lesbian. She was talking about her same sex partner. She was talking about other same sex partners. This is an elementary school. Okay. I don't know what grades the kids go through art, but last time I checked kindergarten and first grade is included in the elementary school. Those are pretty young children. Okay. So she was talking about other same sex relationships and she had been warned before by the administration because there have been complaints by parents that it's not appropriate to be talking about these things, particularly in art class. That's not what the parents expected. And look, we have state law that says before you're going to talk about issues of sexual nature, you have got to have the parents um, be, be made aware of that. And they have to be given the opportunity to opt out of it. That wasn't happening in Mansfield. So as a result of that, she continued to engage in these type of actions after the school district warned her that she was violating their policies. And so they put her on paid leave. I mean, they took her out of the classroom. What else are they to do? You know, you have an employee that continues to thumb their nose at the um, employer. You know, there's going to be consequences. So there was. And as a result of that, you know, some people in the community that support the teacher, I don't know if they live there or not, um, voiced their complaint. I think the teacher got a lawyer, whatever the case may be. But then they tried to spin it into this, oh, we'll see, we need a new updated policy that protects teachers based on uh, sexual orientation, gender identity. You see how they did that? You see how the teacher created a problem because she crossed lines regarding what she was supposed to be talking about in the school, in the classroom, right? An art class, but she's talking about issues of sexual nature. And, and all of a sudden, they turn it around to say, oh, see, because she's on leave, that means we need policies that protect people that are LGBT because this is discrimination. Um, no, this is a teacher talking about content that is inappropriate in our art class, okay, and refusing to follow the rules that the school has on it. The teacher could have been straight and was doing that, and, the, and, and you'd have the same outcome, okay? But I do think it seems to be the fact that this teacher is a lesbian, she's going to be more vocal and active about it, or apparently because of how her personality is, it's more personal to her, so she's you know, going to feel like she's got to say more about it or whatever the case may be. But that is not the means or, or, or now a reason to say, oh, see, now we need an, a new law that protects people based on sexual orientation, gender identity. No, we need teachers, whether they're gay or straight, to stop talking about content that's inappropriate for elementary school students. We need teachers to not think that the law does not apply to them the same way just because they're gay. You don't get to pull out the lesbian card and say, oh, but I'm a lesbian, so you must have been treating me unfairly. And, you know, look, and kudos to the the Mansfield Independent School District who saw through this, put her on paid leave, and refused to change their policies and refused to adopt a new policy for sexual orientation, gender identity, which you can see where that would go as it's going in Phoenix and other places. 
that people are going to be punished if they have a view that's different between being gay, being a lesbian, being transgender, being pansexual. I mean, there are, I don't know how many dozens of different uh, gender identities, if you will, out there that have been described. I, I don't think anyone really knows how many there are. And so that kind of law is going to create a lot of confusion, concern, and it clearly will be used or could be used that it has, they have been in other places as a weapon against people of faith. And are we talking about education? I mean, this is one of the main points of the, of the parents that were supporting the school district and, you know, we're supporting what, how they handled things with this teacher who got out of line on the sexual issue. What happened to teaching and educating students in public school? Why is so much time being spent talking about sexual issues? You know, what happened to learning about math and science, right? You hear all these, oh, we want STEM, science, technology, um, electronics or mechanics, whatever STEM stands for, I forget. Okay, why is that not being the focus? You see these teachers saying, oh, we need more money in the, you know, for our school. Um, then focus on education. Stop bringing your personal sexual uh, scenarios or arrangements to talk about during our class. You know, and so the, the parents were like, educate, don't indoctrinate. Teach the kids about art and stay focused on those subjects. But now all this time has been spent revolving around this teacher, and it is taking time away from the classroom. So do they really care about teaching the students, or is she just there to have an opportunity to have more of an influence on these kids that are in kindergarten and first grade? I mean, and, you, and people wonder why you see school districts like Austin and others shrinking, you know, their enrollments down. I mean, Austin ISD has had billboards up, I don't know, for two or three years now, like this marketing campaign to get kids to come to public school. I mean, with all the growth in Austin, you're, what, there are not more kids in the, in the area? And I don't know if there are or not, but with all the growth in Austin, and Austin ISD can't keep their schools filled. They can't keep them open. They've consolidated several of them, you know, and look, I don't know what the correlation is. All I'm just telling you is what I see, but i certainly believe that part of why you see less students in public school overall is because incidents like these that parents have had enough of, you know, it's difficult enough as it is to teach students at a young age and keep them focused throughout the school day without having time wasted and distracted on someone's political and personal agenda. So, okay, I went on and on about that. A very important issue, though, in Mansfield ISD, and it's not over. If you live or know people in that area, you got to get engaged and back up uh, some of these school board members on this issue because uh, the folks on the other side are not done. Uh, this woman, um, you know, she's got a lawyer. Who knows if there'll be a lawsuit? So I think we're going to hear more on that. But just all of this leads me to my other point. If we don't have a consistent state law on this issue, you're just going to see more of these incidents and people taking advantage of local school districts and taking the attention away from education and getting into all these political sexual issues. Okay, so we'll see what happens moving forward. Um, I've mentioned our social media sites uh, several times. One of the things we do is a weekly Facebook Live. So if you'd like to see us in person, if you will, and get kind of a live update, if you're on our Facebook page, you'll see a Facebook Live video that we do. Elections have started. I mentioned that. Runoff elections. If you want information, go to txvalues.org. 
You can see that. Or you can go to txvaluesaction.org to get a voter's guide. Numerous state house seats, a court of uh, two or three, two, I think, court of appeals seats um, for at the state level, congressional seats up in Dallas, Houston, Central Texas, North Texas, uh, I think closer to the Tarrant County area. So a lot of information out there, a lot of important stuff on elections. Runoff elections are usually, the turnout's usually quite a bit lower. Usually it drops to a third of what it was in the regular primary. So, look, um, you know, if, if you don't want someone else to speak for you, you better show up at the ballot box, okay? And I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just being direct and honest with you, okay? That is the name of the game. Government belongs to those who show up. You want government that reflects your values, you got to get to the ballot box and you got to tell some friends about it too. We're about to run out of time. Before we do though, I've got to let you know that we have bills to pay. We're a nonprofit organization. We're almost at the end of the month. Please consider a tax deductible donation of any gift of any size. You know, our budget is about $750,000. It's a lot of money to raise. We've got 16 members, five of them are full time. You know, we've got quality people on our staff, and we've got, we use those funds to pay those salaries, to travel, to go out to Mansfield like we did recently, to go to San Antonio, all across the state. We're having a policy conference in September. Before the month ends, please, we need your most generous gift. Go to txvalues.org. You can make a donation today. txvalues.org. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. So you can get a deduction through the IRS if they approve, you know, whatever your percentages are on giving. So we are eligible for that. Um, We need your donations. You know, we get to the end of the month. It's the, you know, it's in April. People don't think about donating as much. Our work continues day in and day out. I don't know if people are aware of that. We have a full-time office. Okay. We have hours every single week, Monday through Friday, and sometimes on the weekend and sometimes later in the evenings during the week. Um, We're not just, you know, every now and then we show up to some stuff and kind of this part-time gig. No, no, no. This is a full-time business and operation. And so the reason we've been able to be successful is because people like you have donated. But step up today. If you've donated before, maybe you can double your gift. Maybe you can start giving to us monthly so we have a more consistent idea of what our budget's going to be and we can project that out. So go to txvalues.org. Please make a tax-deductible donation today. The work that we do for people is free of charge because of that. And so, look, we're just about out of time. We're going to spring into May next month, okay, next week. And I'm going to have a lot more to talk about on these types of issues and the work that we're doing for faith, family, and freedom in Texas.